guys. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them. We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. Hi everyone, this week on the podcast, we have the CEO of Bonafide Provisions, Sharon Brown. Sharon shares her personal journey in health and healing and how it really paralleled that of her sons who had dealt with chronic illness and infection for the first six years of his life. When his first grade teacher recommended medicating him for attention issues, Sharon decided to take action and help her son. She learned everything she could about nutrition and immunity, and it led her to putting her entire family on a gut healing program. Her son's health improved and improved, and Sharon ultimately became a nutritionist, GAPS protocol specialist, and bone broth enthusiast. She is now the CEO of the incredible company, Bonafide Provisions, which makes high quality bone broth available all over the country. Please enjoy her amazing story. your personal story and how you became interested in wellness and what that even means to you or how it became a part of your life. Sure. Um, I have three children and I have a middle son who is 19. He's almost 20. He'll be 20 in April. And he, I guess this is like where I become a little bit more ashamed kind of as a mom, right? Um, he was sick the first six years of his mm. life, and he was when he was six and a half months old. I took him to the pediatrician. Um, he had an ear infection, mm. and they put him on a round of antibiotics, and he pretty much stayed on a round of antibiotics off and on for the first six years of his life. So mm. by the time we were six, he was six years old. We were probably on around you know twenty five rounds of antibiotics by that mm. time. And, you know, looking back, I look at pictures of him and I just think, shoulda, coulda, woulda, had I known what I know now, right, things would have been so different. Um, But really, it was me trying to figure out how to do something different that prompted me and kind of put me to where we are today. So basically, I went to a back-to-school night when he was in first grade. And it's when you go back to school and you get to meet their teacher and for the year and um, you know, see all the wonderful things they're going to do for the year. And she pulled me aside and said, you know, Blake is exhibiting signs of ADD. Mm. He's a great little guy, but he has attention mm. issues and not really the hyperactivity part, but focusing. Mm. And, you know, we had seen that in, mm-hmm. in Blake. Um, however, we didn't think that it was to the point where she thought it was, which she felt that he needed to get on medication. Mm-hmm. So she said, you know, it's probably best for you to get him on medication early. It's best for the families, best for the teachers, best for the students. Um, and that's probably a route that you should start heading mm-hmm. down. 
And I thought, this is a little crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And on our way home, my husband and I uh, decided that we were going to do something different and it needed to be drastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And we didn't know what it was going to be. Um, and so I got home that night, was in tears, and mm-hmm. I thought, I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to do something different mm-hmm. because, you know, that old definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Right. Mm-hmm. What we were doing was not working for this child, yeah. um, which was a conventional medicine route. And so this was about 12, almost 13 years ago now, and there wasn't a lot of information on social media, on the internet. It just isn't like it is today. Yeah. And so I actually had to do research, and I found books, and mm-hmm. I actually even went to the library at some point to start finding out alter- alternative methods to mm-hmm. healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came across this concept of healing through food, and mm-hmm. that was very different for me for when I was raised, you know, I'm 52, almost 53, and I was raised in the 1960s mm-hmm. and 70s, and really, you there wasn't this idea of looking at labels and caring about what was yeah. in your food because we just really didn't make that correlation between wellness and ingredients, right? right. Yeah. And so... I came across this concept of healing through food and researched a little bit more and thought, okay, we're going to heal this child through food. And then came across this concept of bone broth and the idea that bone broth heals the gut mm-hmm. and up to 85% of your immune system is in your gut. Right. So when you heal the gut, you heal the body. And so I thought, I have nothing else to lose. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything that we're doing yeah. is wrong. So we're going to try it this way. Yeah. And that's what we did. And so we started cooking everything within a week's time from scratch. I put bone broth into everything mm. that I made for him. Um, and within three months, it was the first time in a, a three-month period that he had not been on a round of antibiotics wow. since he was six months old. Wow. And then wow. Uh, six months went by, nine months went by, and a year went by, wow. and we healed him using food. Wow. That's pretty incredible. And especially at that time, I know it was only just over a decade ago, but you do make a point that sometimes we forget, you know, we all have this little mini computer at our fingertips at any moment of the day now and we didn't have that a decade ago and so information was just like slower to get to us in a way that's like exponentially grown now for probably for good and for bad (laughs) you know but um when you started this experiment and I understand you guys were at this place where like we have literally nothing to lose and everything to gain if it happens to work what did you you know three months is a short period of time overall, but it's a long, like the days probably were long, right? Mm -hmm. So what was the experience of like, we're going to stick with this? Did you read something somewhere that this could be like, try it for a few months or, or what gave you the kind of the determination to stick with it, to see if it worked? Because sometimes we want these instant gratification and immediate results. Do you remember part of that process? It's like, let's try, keep trying this week after week. Yeah, so I started to see improvement probably within a week's time okay. with, with Blake. And, you know, he was this little guy that was constantly, you know, his, yeah. whole, his nose was stuffy all the time. Yeah. And so I started to see that that was starting to 
diminish. Mm. And so I, I was starting to see these small little glimmers of hope. And then three months, like you said, the days were really long because I, by the way, I was also homeschooling him because mm. I knew wow. that I wasn't going to be able to send him back to school yeah. and he was going to sit around with a bunch of kids that were eating goldfish right. yeah. for lunch and that this was going to work. I was going to need to be in control. If we were going to heal from yeah. food, I had to control everything that he was eating. Yeah. Um, but I think that what led me to continue on were these small little glimmers of hope. And that's, you know, I think that we can all attest to that, yeah. right? I mean, even people that start to say, they start slowly by removing gluten. Yeah. They are able to move that needle a little yeah. bit just by removing gluten. Yeah. There's a lot more that needs to go in, in you know, into that regimen, but you start to see those little, and it was far more than anything conventional had ever um, offered us. Okay. And then I continued to, that's not where I stopped with my research. I, you know, I started to delve into all different types mm -hmm. of alternative methods and healing remedies, herbs, and ideas about healing through food mm -hmm. and I think it was just the education that I was getting mm. um, that was empowering me to feel like you know what I could do this yeah. this is absolutely possible yeah yeah and so it was a long period of time and I have to tell you there were days where I was skeptical and I thought okay maybe it's because he's not around a bunch of kids that he's not getting sick anymore right mm. you know he's yeah. not around all these germs um, but after six months, it was like, well, it's not like we're yeah. holding him hostage. <laughs> <Right>. We're <laughs> at parks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we were, I still had, you know, other children that, and we were very involved in our community. So um, we really saw that, wow, this is working. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Did you as a, you know, as your, in your pre-mom years, did you as, have a personal interest in your own health or do you feel like that really also started to shift. Like, did you start to eat the way and feed your the rest of your family the way you fed, fed Blake in this period of time? So our whole entire family started to eat the way that we fed Blake. Okay. Um, and it was it re really was one of those moments. Like we, I walked in, threw everything out of the pantry, mm. and and start and started you know a completely different course for our family. But also know that, like I said, I'm almost 53, and I grew up in a time where healthy meant skinless, boneless chicken mm -hmm. breast, yeah. broccoli, broccoli that's sprayed with, you know, I can't believe it's not butter yeah. spray. You don't eat butter. You don't eat healthy yeah. fats. You know, you cook everything in canola oil. Right. Okay, that is the, you know, education that we grew up with. Yes. And so... Yeah. All of a sudden, it was, wait a minute, we can eat butter, you know, we can eat skin, we can eat fatty meats, and we're going to be fine, and our cholesterol isn't yeah. going to go up, and actually, right. it's probably going to go down, and what do you mean that Celtic sea salt is actually good for mm, you? Right. Sodium is good as long as it mm -hmm. has 80 natural occurring minerals yeah. with it. Right. It was like, all of a sudden, and so... I don't think that it was that I was this really unhealthy person because if you looked yeah. at me like as as like the typical American family, we were that healthy family. We uh -huh. weren't driving through McDonald's for right. our food. I was making home yeah. cooked meals, but I was just making them the wrong way. Mm. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. so interesting because we're, you know, 80s, 80s babies, babies as well. Yes. So we were we were definitely pumped with like all the antibiotics and you know my mom had an experience with me where when I was in elementary school they wanted to they thought I had ADHD because I was really hyper and I was but my mom was just like you're a child you're imaginative like this she like would not put me on ADD ADHD a medication but they're just so quick to be like 
here's a pill, especially I think in our generation of like 80s and 90s kids, you know, it was the pill was the solution as opposed to being like, well, what are you eating or what are you, what else is going on? Right. Especially food because yeah, the food pyramid family, which I think is the majority of American families was not as healthy as we thought it was. No, absolutely. It was because, you know, it's interesting. I think there are studies shown, and I've read this. I mean, I can't quote specific numbers, but where when the government makes a recommendation on sort of like health guidelines, people respond to it. They listen. And so when you're being told to do things that actually are making us sicker and obesity has gone up and chronic illness has gone up, but like those were recommendations like it, it also shows that people adapted to whatever like people want to be healthy right they want to try to yeah. do the right thing like you were saying we all thought that fat free was the best way to be but then all it left was like sugar mm-hmm. right? right in our food in our yeah. food products that yeah. weren't even real right. food right <sighs> we talk about that brand well I don't want to talk about it but they were these cookies mm. and they were no fat mm-hmm. right and so it was like you could eat the whole box but who the, cared about the sugar? And then, of course, green ones. Yes. <laughs> I, like, oh, I loved those, too. It was. I mean, yeah. I don't put, but I didn't have any fat. Um, yeah. But who knows how much fat that turned into. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And also knowing that those 80 babies, right, 80s babies, that the parents did not have the information mm-hmm. at right. their fingertips. Yeah. And so you did trust the food pyramids. Right. Yeah. And thought, okay, there's science behind this. But now we know that the yeah. science is funded by who? Big, big pharma. Food. Yeah, yeah. Big, big pharma, pharma yeah. big food. They yeah. have an agenda, yeah. right? Exactly. And so now it's so different. It is. It's so different because we don't listen to them as the authority, yeah. right? And we're not having it anymore. And we've drawn that line in the sand that that's not where we're going to get our information from anymore. Yeah. And people are doing things like you. Yeah. People yeah. are doing things to be proactive to change that landscape. Yeah. And it might be you know, one person at a time and you started in your family and like, look at what it's grown to be. Yeah. And so many people are now reaping the benefits of you having taken that time to do the research and, you know, educate. And it all came from this like desire to just heal your son mm-hmm. and have him have like a fun, normal childhood. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to be sick all the time. Right. Absolutely. So what then was the transition? Your son is not on antibiotics every month or every week. Um, your family is like healthy and healing. How does it now transition to a business and you want to spread this to everyone around you? <laughs> yeah. And I think it was spreading it to everyone around me <laughs> that prompted me to mm. do it. You know, so mm. I became this, it's kind of like I, the thing that I can, and now I'm really aging myself, but back <laughs> in like the 1970s when people stopped smoking and they be, became, you know, they stopped smoking cigarettes, they would become like this crazy person against cigarettes, right? <laughs> right? Well, that was kind of what happened with me. I, I, um, found this new method of healing and I became this crazy woman and I would be in the grocery store and I'd see a mom or I'd be wherever CVS and I'd see a mom buying a prescription and I'd pull her aside and go, wait, stop, you don't have to do this. And I was, I was. And so then I would be at parks and I would be talking to moms and I was a little crazy. And I just, then what I found myself doing was helping moms. Like I would say, just call me and I would be on the phone with hours a day helping families get their children off of 
you know, mm. medications um, and teaching them to mm. heal through food. And this is how you clean out your pantry. And this is how you clean out your medicine. And you swap this for this. Mm. And if they've got an ear infection, you use mulein garlic drops. <laughs> you don't need these things. And mm-hmm. so that really prompted me to say, you know what, I am going to go back to school and get several, I had a degree in business that I wasn't using, I'm going to go back to school, I'm going to get several degrees in um, uh, uh, nutrition, and I'm going to open up a nutrition practice, Mm -hmm. and that's what I did, so I opened up a nutrition practice in Denver, and within a year's time, I had a four-month wait list to work with me. And I worked with people all across the country. I worked with people in Canada, Mexico, all the way to Florida. Wow. Um, and, you know, via Skype appointments, yeah. teaching them to heal through, wow. through food. And so then uh, my biggest challenge in my practice was getting people to make their own bone broth. Mm. Um, this mm. was, you know, a while ago. And there weren't good bone broths on the market. There still really aren't many good bone broths on the market. And so I enlisted my husband, who was a chef at some point. We started making bone broth just for my clients, started shipping it all across the United States, and now we're in, you know, 6,000 frozen sets across the nation. Wow, that's Um, amazing. And we outsell uh, chicken nuggets and pizza in the natural sets across the United States in the frozen aisle. Incredible. Yeah. And I love that, you know, we were talking about something that we're passionate about, which is sort of a different topic, is food accessibility Mm. and affordability. Mm -hmm. But you guys have such an incredible product, we can talk a little bit more about the specifics of what you want to look for in a bone broth and those types of things. But um, you're also sold in places like not just, you know, Whole Foods or, or One Market. Or Sprouts, right? Like yeah. it's accessible to people who are just walking their local grocery aisles or, or their local store. Big, yeah. yeah. Or big supermarket, right? You're yeah. there. So Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think a long, many years ago, five, ten years ago, for a natural product, it was a little bit taboo to kind of spread yourself throughout mm-hmm. you know, yeah. conventional grocery stores. But I think times have changed so much Absolutely. because you know you know why it's because the the the, the shopper right is so much more educated. Mm-hmm. They're looking for those products and they want them to be, at, at, you know, in a grocery store that's near them. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think I went to a. I was talking to a woman who she wrote a book and she went on her book tour, right, to many, many different places. And one was, um, I forget what state it was, but it was some small town in the middle of the country. And, you know, she was trying to help people heal through food as well. That's what her her book and her program does. But she started talking to these people and their closest Whole Foods where to get the things that she was basically telling them to get was like three and a half hours away. Yeah. So without being accessible it's harder for people to be able to heal and of course now we're lucky right we have amazon and different things but to just be able to go to your supermarket and see a a trusted bone broth company is 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 very important so it's incredible yeah and you make a really good point i mean i think we all live start to live in our bubbles right los angeles san diego (laughs) new york chicago and we think that what do you mean you can't go down to the grocery store and get what you need but Really, yeah. there are, just to your point, yeah. many people, they still email us and say, even so, you know, it's still, it's a two-hour round trip for right. us to, to do this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it is about making it more accessible. Yeah. 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 So, um, when you got this education, you continued your education, you also 
focused on the GAPS diet. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? We've not done an episode that has highlighted that at all. So I'd love to have like an expert tell us, just like our listeners, if they're curious as to what that is and what that deals with specifically, Mm -hmm. conditions that Mm -hmm. it's being used to treat. Um, Just a little bit of background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the GAPS program is an acronym for gut and psychology syndrome. Um, A really bad name that I feel for a really (laughs) wonderful program, right? Because there, I think 10 years ago, there was a stigma with mental health and not so much anymore, right? But the gaps in psychology syndrome really kind of is all about um, healing your gut. So you heal your mind. Mm. And it was written by a neurologist um, she was a neurologist and a neurosurgeon, mm. and she had a son that had autism. Mm. And she decided that rather than concentrating just on his brain, which is what most conventional medicine does, right? If you have a yeah. child who's autistic or really any mental illness, you focus on the brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, as a neurologist, knew that the neurology behind that and that really it was probably coming Mm. from his gut. Mm -hmm. And so she did something wild, right, back then, and she decided to focus on his gut. And she healed his gut, and she healed his brain. And so it's a program that really takes it. It's not just for autistic people, and I really Mm. need to stress that. Don't check out listeners. If you aren't autistic or you don't know somebody on this spectrum, it's really about your brain in general. Mm. It's all about cleaning up your gut so that you heal your brain. Mm-hmm. And that's just a positive outlook yes, daily. Right, yeah. It's all anxiety, depression. It's getting up in the morning and have enough GABA and serotonin to make you mm-hmm. take on your day and go, yay, it's Monday, let's do this. Yeah. Um, so it's really the GAPS program I found in my practice was really for everybody. I did a very modified version of it, and there are modified versions because... Um, you can fast forward it quite quickly unless you are dealing with children who are autistic. Mm-hmm. But the whole idea behind it is the gut and brain mm-hmm. connection. connection. Yeah, and we can get into more yeah. specifics about that if you would like. But that's yeah. really like the thirty thousand foot view of what it is. Yeah, because right, like you said, our immune system lives in our gut, but also our serotonin. Um, pretty much doesn't everything start in our gut mm-hmm. if from what I've learned and read. <laughs> and we didn't know this, right? Yes, so no. Hipp- Hippocrates, the father of all medicine, really the really the first mm-hmm. person that we knew that was practicing medicine, yeah. you know, thousands of, uh, so, yeah. so long ago, yeah. said that all disease begins in the gut. He knew that back then, and we've gotten so far away from that idea. Mm-hmm. We need to get back to that because, yes, absolutely, and it's it's really, if you think about the gut, and I've talked about this, and I've, I will never stop talking about mm-hmm. this, it's so important to know that when you are in utero and you're being mm-hmm. formed in your mother's womb, there's a piece of tissue. One, that tissue breaks off and one becomes the gut and one becomes the brain. Mm. And they're always forever in communication via something called your enteric nervous system. They communicate at all times. They're like Siamese twins. So whatever you put in your gut is affecting your brain and whatever you are thinking about affects your gut. That makes so much sense because whenever, you know, if you have a certain amount of like stress, emotional stress or something, oftentimes it comes out with gut issues. Stomach ache. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or Or nausea or, you know, or like you you feel that even that flip in your stomach. And even on the opposite end of that, right? Like you hear like, I have a gut feeling. Like I just have that gut feeling, right? And that's a 
it's your it's from your brain. brain. Yeah. So yeah. it's there. That's so I've never actually heard that before. So that's yeah. incredible. It's so amazing. And so we, you know, as we grow as a society and we see more mental health issues, we have to stop medicating and mm-hmm. we have to start getting to the root cause. And the root cause is so foundational. 85% of these things can be turned around by just addressing the gut. Mm. Yeah, forever in communication. And to you, to your point, it's think like butterflies. What happens yeah. when you think about having to go in public speak? Mm-hmm. You get butterflies in yeah. your stomach just by thinking about what you have to yeah. do. It affects your gut. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So what is a way to eat? for your gut mind connection. How how do you recommend people start, you know? Yeah. Just in their home. Yeah, in their home fueling themselves. Is it I mean obviously like you said like bone broth is what's healing your gut lining, but mm-hmm. is there foods that you should focus on adding in and focus on removing and leaving out. Absolutely. And that's really what the approach has to be. And I know that people don't like to talk about um, removing things, mm-hmm. right? And that that can be a challenging thing. But I have found that there are sometimes absolutes in our life, mm-hmm. right? And it just needs to be okay, yeah. right? I want to be able to say that I can go eat a Snickers bar every day. But the reality is, is I just can't yeah. if I'm trying to heal my gut. Mm-hmm. And so there are absolutes. But the way that I have found to look at it is that it is empowering me to, it's really about yeah. self-care because if I really care about myself and the way that I feel and ultimately I am going to feel so much better, I've got to remove some of these things. So you're removing grains, mm-hmm. all grains initially, mm-hmm. even rice and quinoa mm-hmm. in, in the initial stages and you're removing all sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're adding things in like bone broth, which is going to seal that mucosal lining of the gut, acts like a little mm-hmm. sewing needle and goes in there and just sews up the tears and the mucosal mm-hmm. lining. Mm-hmm. You're adding in things like probiotics, mm-hmm. so important for the gut health. Um, fermented foods, things yeah. like kombucha, right? If if it's not, if it doesn't have a high sugar content, kombucha. Mm-hmm. Um, fermented foods, sauerkrauts, mm-hmm. and those type of things as well. Yeah, and then lots of proteins and vegetables. So good for mm-hmm. your gut. Yeah, mm-hmm. all those prebiotics, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, all the prebiotics. Yeah. yeah, and and you also mentioned, um, you know, it was really hard when you started coaching for your clients to get access to like good high quality bone broth. And so, what makes a good high quality bone broth, and how did you end up doing it with Bonafide to be able to make it accessible nationwide? Yeah, how do you keep now that you guys have pretty massive distribution how do you keep the quality controlled (laughs) yeah you know it's we really haven't changed any of our methods we've just really purchased bigger cooking tanks (laughs) yeah yeah it's the same recipes Mm. it's just on a larger scale Mm -hmm. um and so really it's all about the ingredients and what i'm hoping that's going to happen Mm. in the next five years like i feel like we've made so much progress even in the last five years with food and our knowledge and our education and understanding my hope and my, my prayer and what I really hope is going to happen with the movement in the next five years is understanding ingredients mm-hmm. because ingredients matter. Yeah. And that's what it's going to boil down to for every food company because food companies are tricky. And unfortunately, there's a lot of money 
in mm. this food space. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of money who want people yeah. who want to invest in your company. And what starts to happen is they start to push ingredients into mm. products that shouldn't be there. Yeah. And you as a consumer may have been loving this product, yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest, hippest, greatest product, and they yeah. get purchased and then Guess what? You need to keep looking at those yeah. labels and look at ingredients. So bone broth, it's all about ingredients. Mm-hmm. You're looking for bones that are grass-fed, raised on pasture, non-GMO, and certified organic. Mm-hmm. Certified organic is so important because it's not just about what the animal eats. It's everything down to how the animal is cared for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even the cleaning products and utensils that you have to use mm-hmm. have to be organic. So you're looking for that in the bones. You're wanting to do a filtered water. We do a fil- triple filtered water. Mm-hmm. You want to use all or- organic ingredients, certified organic ingredients that you add to those products. Mm-hmm. So for us, for instance, we use um, uh, garlic and onions, and we added those to the original recipe because mm-hmm. of the medicinal properties mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. garlic and onions. Um, and then a very high-quality sea salt. We, use, mm-hmm. um, we love Selena brand Celtic sea salt. She uses... Um, uh, her salt in a very old-fashioned way. She mines it in an old-fashioned way, so it keeps 80 of its natural occurring minerals. Mm. She air dries it um, so that the sodium actually becomes good for you. And so when you look at bone broth, it's all about the ingredients. Mm. The second piece of it is the cooking time. You want the longer cooking time of a minimum of 18 hours. Mm. Really, anything over 18 hours, there isn't much uh, gain there. Mm -hmm. So minimum of 18 hours. Um, And then you want your bone broth to be uh, gelatinous. Some bone broths, it really depends on the flavor. Some are going to be very gelatinous, but others are going to be thick. You do not want a watery Mm. um, broth. Mm -hmm. That's telling you that that is not the right kind of cooking method, the right kind Mm -hmm. of bones. They may be using some type of filler Mm -hmm. or some type of powder to Mm -hmm. begin with because they can do that as well. They Mm -hmm. can actually just add a powder, add some water, and call it bone broth. Wow. Yeah. So just being really intentional about looking at ingredients are going to be so important when you are looking for a bone broth Mm -hmm. band, band. brand but making your own just follow the same guidelines mm. when you make your own yeah mm. when I discovered um bonafide you guys had you know multiple um types of broth that you have in frozen which is awesome you can buy it frozen and um but now you have all of these kind of new products too which is so exciting and soup and make makes life a lot easier too like your soups and then this keto broth that comes comes in a cup. Um, be on the lookout for this, you guys, because it's so delicious. But um, what was the evolution of your yeah. products like? Like, how did you like? So now you have this bone broth that is frozen, and how did you decide? Well, let's evolve into soups and keto broths and all these other yeah, these great other... things. We even tried. We said your bone broth latte, which was so delicious. <laughs> Um, You know, so a lot of that really comes from my nutrition practice, what mm -hmm. I used to tell people to do when I was helping them heal through food, and really what we eat at home. And I found myself, you know, I I would tell, if you were a client of mine, you would hear me say all the time, include soups Mm -hmm. always throughout the whole week. Freeze them. It's super easy to do. Mm -hmm. It's convenient. You can pop it into a microwave at the office Mm -hmm. or a, a little stovetop burner at the office. Soup is one of the most nutritious Mm. nutritious 
nutritious meals, sorry, it's early, <laughs> that you can have. Yeah. And really think about all the proteins that you can yeah. add to it, vegetables, bone, bone broth base. And so it was really just an extension of that, making yeah. it convenient. Yeah, right. And so that's what we did with our frozen bone broth. And then the keto is the way that Reb drinks his bone broth, my husband, mm. every morning. Wow. He takes our bone broth, he adds uh, either MCT oil, coconut oil, or a little bit of butter, mm-hmm. um, some, uh, some ghee, Sometimes some turmeric for mm-hmm. inflammation. He whips it up and drinks it daily. And it was like every time somebody had these, they were blown away. And we thought, you know what? We need to put these in a cup. Yeah. Move over. Because they look like a Starbucks cup, right? Yeah. Move over Starbucks. This is your new morning to go. Um, and then you can take them to the office. And, and you can so delicious. It really is. <laughs> so so that was really the, you know, that's the motivation behind yeah. our mm-hmm. innovation yeah. um, of our brand. Yeah. 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 It's exciting. And like, who knows what's to come? Right. I'm excited to continue to see yes. products. Exactly. And you can really put bone broth in anything, right? Like you can cook it with your meats. You can... Sometimes I use, you know, what makes it so delicious. I'll do um, uh, like a tomatoless bolognese, and I'll use your bone broth to yeah. cook the meat in, and it's like it's so flavorful. Because I'm sure some people who have been raised on like conventional chicken soup, it is like a flavor transition if you just eat it raw. I think it's really delicious, but um, it can take time to. Yeah, well, if you're used to like Campbell's full of like. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking, well, they're fine. Their candles are huge. But, um, you know what I mean? Like, there's so, there's so much stuff in that. And yeah. so, like, it is, once you do, actually, just, like, I think you can say this about whole foods in general. Once you start to change the way you eat, your palate changes. Mm-hmm. And then you crave the good stuff. It, that's so true. I mean, th- when whenever somebody does, you know, gaps, or even say whole third, third yeah, right? Which we both done. When mm-hmm. when you go when you have your fe- first piece of fruit after not having it yeah. or any type of mm-hmm. sweet, it is so sweet. Yeah, it's just like all of a sudden your your palate is changed, yeah. and now it's oh this is. And, oh, this is what food's supposed to taste yeah. like. Yeah. Wow. Okay, this is amazing. This is what soup is supposed to taste like. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and when you think about it, soup, like, since the beginning of probably human time, has, in every single culture, yeah. is is what you use to heal when you're sick. Right? Yeah. When you have a cold, when you're, you have the flu, all you want is soup. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. It's like, and it's truly throughout the world, in such, like, diverse cultures, it's like they're it's part of healing. It's part of the human like experience of healing. Yeah, and speaking yeah. to healing, you know, I think so many people struggle with gut issues and digestion issues and leaky gut and getting all these different things. So when they start trying to heal their gut, once you heal your gut, can you add back in the occasional grain or, you know, that glass of wine or, you know, is is it something where once your gut is healed you can have, I guess, more leeway with how you eat most of the time. As long as you're eating that way most of the time, I imagine. But yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you get to live, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you don't need to be so restrictive during the healing phase of really kind of cleaning yeah. it up. And really, we're talking about, I, I mean, I worked with people with rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. um, every autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's crazy, think about this, girls. What's so crazy about autoimmune disease, Mm -hmm. we all understand how prevalent it is, and yet nobody 
ever, ever goes to where 85% of your immune system is, your gut. We're yeah. dealing with an immune disease, but we're not ever in conventional medicine approaching the gut. It, it's craziness, yeah, right? Yeah, so crazy. So, so yes, once you heal the gut, you can absolutely have pizza on yeah. a Friday night. Go to in and out on a <laughs> Saturday. Yeah. It's just all about getting back on your food eating program. And mm-hmm. here's the amazing thing. You know, when, so I eat like this all the time. And when I don't eat like this, yeah. say we go out and we're going to go and have pizza. We did it the other yeah. night, actually. <laughs> we, we launched our product. We went out to dinner, went to a French restaurant, ordered every food. I had, you know, the bread. I had, we had chocolate dessert. I had yeah. two glasses of yeah. champagne, yeah. you know, and I had the worst food hangover yeah. the next yeah. day. And yeah. while yeah. I was like gorging it down, it was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Your body will start to tell you, gosh, yeah. this isn't good for me. Yeah. And, and so you'll start to avoid those things. And it doesn't yeah. mean that I can't go out and have fun and I do and same with my children and your children and whoever's listening it's just about having a food program that makes you feel the best that you can possibly feel and when you feel that way you don't really want to do the other no exactly you know and that's the approach it's not like oh I can't you know I want to go have McDonald's french fries and well I'm going to Mm -hmm. and I'm going to dip them in all the ketchup I want (laughs) and I may not feel good tomorrow but I'm going to get right back on my program yeah but you know what you're you're like not the sum of your last meal you're some of your next one so it's just about I really think it is what you do most of the time but I know because we come from such a generations of like restriction and like this is bad and this is good it can seem sometimes like well I have to do this like a hundred percent of the time or else am I gonna mess up my gut all over again right but Mm. it's nice to know like once your gut is healed you can have a slice of pizza you just might not want it as often or as much as you did prior to healing your gut I think the idea is to to think that like wow your your mind could actually desire something different based on like the way your body chemistry changes. That's yeah. a hard thing to see before the process. Yes. But then all of a sudden it's such a result of like we've talked about this even after we've done whole 30s. It's like yeah, I'm excited to have a glass of champagne, I'm excited to have a glass of wine, but then it's like you do and I'm like, "Ooh, I don't feel as good." Like even Or you, you can know, just take it or leave it. Like it's not that's a the thing. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't have this sort of power over you that a lot of our like really addictive food products that we consume do. Yeah. And there's a lot of freedom in that too. Yeah. Because your body's functioning based on what it needs then rather than what like weird cravings you might have. Yeah. And it's not like you are chained down by this. In fact, I'll give you a little story. My daughter is 16. She um, goes to high school. She's a junior in high school and she just happens to be a cheerleader Mm. at the high school and they do competition cheer. Mm. So this past weekend they went away. Well, she doesn't like to eat the food Mm. that is at all of the buffets. So she, we made a bunch of food for her to take (laughs) and that's like her own choice. She just like, she feels better and it's not because she can't just, and that's not to say by the way that she didn't have ice cream and whatever. (laughs) she wanted at you know at Disneyland Mm. but she knew like she FaceTimed me in the morning she's like I'm cooking bacon I'm making (laughs) all the girls food you know and so it becomes really who you are because you feel so good and it's and she's going to have that ice cream but she's going to you know get right back on her program because the program really is 
who she is. Yeah. It's her life now. It's her life. Yeah. That's amazing so to have it at 16, too. I, know. I wish... <laughs> all, I wish all the girls and all the boys could have yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So yeah, you've really given this gift not only to your own family, but it also it's such a like a beautiful story of taking something, like having the courage. We talk a lot about courage on this yeah. podcast. And to having the courage to take something that was probably really, really challenging and painful for you with with your son and seeing him struggling and you know what that experience is like too as a mom. And then not only transforming it for him. But now it's like for so many people across the country. Yeah. And in providing this information too, so that people feel empowered to do it for themselves. Yeah. If they feel because I know what it's like to have health issues, right? And it it's so frustrating when you you're trying to just feel better. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's gut related. Like it's I, you know, I've only dealt with that in this past year, and I have so much compassion now for friends who've you know, struggled with IBS or different types of things over the course of their life because it really does affect your social life. It affects so many things, how you feel during the day, how you perform at work, like everything. And so to empower people to to have something to try for themselves at home is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been a great journey. You know, we never started doing this to make a buck. It was never Mm -hmm. about... Uh, creating a food company it was always about getting this product into the hands of my clients mm-hmm. it's really how it all started and now it, I feel like you know I'm a mom and I always think like now I just have a lot more babies around the country <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that are consuming the the product yeah. so yeah it's been amazing it's been a blessing and we love what the potential is that you know that mm-hmm. people really are um, it, it's kind of registering with them and they do want companies that are creating products that are wellness products mm-hmm. and to be able to be a, you know this lifestyle brand that brings that is so exciting mm. so so exciting yeah do you still coach as well I don't. I don't do anymore. You're busy. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, that was a tough decision. But mm-hmm. what what really kind of catapulted my decision and thought, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to do it um, fast was the idea that, you know, I had a limited amount yeah. of touch points that yeah. I could make in my practice. I could only see so many people yeah. a week right. where this gave me the opportunity to really take a passion that I had and infuse all of that into a company, mm-hmm. um, just on a larger scale. So no, I no, don't, but, <laughs> but I, I do get to, you know, some of them will, you know, DM us and it's just really fun to keep in touch with a yeah. lot of the people that, that I've worked with in the past. Yeah. And, and as a mom and a business owner, how do you, how, what does your self care look like? Like in your day to day, what does self care look like to you yeah. <laughs> today? Well, you know, um, it's hard to get self-care in. Mm-hmm. And what I found, I, I went to Danica's, one of her mm-hmm. breakfast brunch series, and I was, I'm a little, like I'm aging myself, I keep saying that, but mm-hmm. I kept saying, what is this self-care thing? You know, <laughs> what, like, what, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. And, you know, so after getting an understanding of what it looked like, I told you know, the group of gals that I felt like I was under stress, like trying to get my self-care in, like I've got to get my mm-hmm. self-care in, otherwise yeah. I'm going to lose my mind. And really it was, for me, it was really just things that I was already doing yeah. and making, really kind of making that shift of, oh, that's self-care. So self-care mm-hmm. for me is really 
being mindful about the things that I consume yeah. because I'm such a yes. better functioning human yes. when yes. I feel well. Absolutely. Um, so that, you know, what I put in my mouth is self-care. Um, I'm really big proponent of detoxing. Mm. So my Epsom salt baths that mm. I do, and I talk about that on our website and on a blog that we did for that. Um, and then I have, um, I, I have an in-home near infrared sauna. Oh, I love and sauna. And I go into my infrared sauna for 20 minutes and I pray and I meditate mm. and I do that, you know, several times a week. So that's really my, my self-care and really not stressing out that if I don't get my self-care in that it's going to be okay. Yeah, yes. that's exactly. the opposite. That's, that's the opposite. opposite. <laughs> right, exactly. And exactly. Um, we, as we like wind down the episode, yeah. we ask all of our guests, do you have over the course of your journey, and I'm sure there are many, but are there any books you would recommend or that have been particularly inspiring mm-hmm. for you in any sort of in any area, whether it's specific um, food related or just sort of inspirational as a CEO or anything you could recommend? Or are there any podcasts you like or any sort of content that inspires you? Yeah. So um, I there's a lot. Yeah. Right? There's course. many, many, yeah. many. But I think you know for me the foundations for for what is important to me would be gaps. Mm-hmm. I think that everybody should read it. I think mm-hmm. it's a really good read. Know that it was written a long time ago and it's very scientific, yeah. but the science behind it is very good. I think um, any teaching of Weston A. Price, mm-hmm. he was a pioneer. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the 1930s, what he mm-hmm. did for teaching people how food affects your body, pioneer. So any mm-hmm. teaching of Weston A. Price um, is amazing. And then, you know, I, I love Danielle Walker mm. and Danielle Walker. The reason that I really loved her is she came at it at, at a time when I was in my nutrition practice mm. with a cookbook that I could say to people, okay, I know this all sounds scary and I know it sounds complicated to you, but take this cookbook yeah. and start mm. on a slow journey and start incorporating these recipes and they were safe and I knew I could support them. And so I would say that those are probably three really important things to kind of add to your library. That's yeah. so great. Thank you so much. And so where can everyone find you on the internet? Where can people shop Bonafide Provisions? Um, how can everyone listening find you guys? Yeah, so we um, find us on Instagram, Bonafide Provisions. You're going to, we're starting to do fun stories. You're going to see what the day in a life looks like for, you know, somebody who's running a food company. Um, we show you what we eat at home, which is kind of interesting because there's some funky recipes there. So Instagram's a great place. Um, we're on Facebook. We have a website. And then if you are looking to purchase our product in stores, look on our store locator on our website. And then we do um, direct to consumer. We ship right to your oh, great. right to your door as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us yeah, today. Thank you. Pleasure <laughs> to have you on. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. And congratulations to the two of you and everything that you're doing on your wellness journey. Oh, thank you. And helping other people. I really wish you were all around (laughs) back in my day. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.